So, this, I figured, could be a little um, bonus episode or mini-sode, because um, there's a lot of stuff about Plague that I've kind of come across in my reading um, that's just been, like, you know, interesting, but hasn't really fit in the context of any one time period. Um, so I figured we could just talk about it now with the audience and just kind of, um, you know, have it out there. Because it's, it's really interesting, but it really raises more questions than I have answers for. So it's not really great for the main podcast. Yeah. So I'm going to be um, supplying some answers to it. And you yeah. can tell me whether or not they're realistic. I mean, yours, your guess is as good as mine for some of these. A baller. All right. So for basically with when we're talking about historical plague pandemics. So we've talked about um, Plague of Justinian and Black Death on the show so far. Um, we, there's also, so that's considered like the first pandemic, Plague of Justinian, even though there were, there was plague before that. Um, Black Death's the second one. There was a third pandemic that started in like the 1850s and kind of lasted until the beginning of the 20th century. Um, and that's called the third pandemic. That's what it's known by. It was mostly in um, Asia, um, particularly in China, um, China, India, and like Southeast Asia, like Vietnam, um, were kind of the big places, but it really, it like went all over the world. Like there was like outbreaks in the U S and stuff like that. Um, so those are the three pandemics. Um, and we have plague now, obviously, um, when you say plague, do you mean the I mean, plague? literally, yes, the literal plague. There is um, big animal reservoirs of the plague in the U.S., um, particularly in the Southwest, um, including, so we're in Nebraska right now, mm-hmm. um, and prairie dog populations actually are huge plague rodents. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's really interesting. So plague, plague is like here and it's here to stay. Um, and you know, every once in a while here in the hospital in Omaha, we'll get cases of plague. Um, not commonly. Um, but we do, we do, we do see it here in Nebraska. Um, and you know, some of that's from like travel outside of state, but with all that said, we've got three major plague pandemics that killed a ton of people each millions of people each. Um, and we've got plague around now and kind of the big mystery, and this is not to be flippant, but you know, plague is not that bad now. It's just not that impressive. It's like, it's still pretty lethal. Uh, I think I had said in an earlier episode that, you know, a good rule of thumb is that about a third to two thirds die untreated from bubonic plague. And just to refresh, there's three forms of plague bubonic, which is, has the classic bubos, um, transmitted usually by fleas. Um, the, there's the pneumonic, which is transmitted by aerosolized droplets. And you can also get bubonic if basically if the plague bacteria gets into your lung or sorry, pneumonic, if the bacteria gets into your lungs and then you're, you've just got the pneumonic form. Um, and then there's septicemic, um, which is not, well understood by me at least it kind of basically skips the bubo stage um and you get really high um levels of bacteria in your blood and you go into shock um you develop something called dic disseminated intervascular coagulation which is just a really bad thing um basically you clot all over your body and it tears up your blood cells and you die it's really bad wow um yeah it's it's pretty common in a lot of different conditions but this is just one way that happens to happens to do it so anyway the Good rule of thumb for those 
third, one third to two thirds die untreated bubonic, um, pneumonic about a hundred percent die septicemic. I don't have good figures, but I'm going to, I'm just going to put my foot down and say about everyone dies who gets septicemic. Um, I had been a little pessimistic in a previous episode about like what treatment does to it now. Um, cause I like, I think many people who study plague from a historian's aspect, um, think of it as really, really deadly. Um, but really like bubonic plague treated, um, has mortality rates, maybe 7% at the highest. Hmm. Um, it's pretty responsive to antibiotics. Pneumonic plague, um, is kind of a different story. You have to treat it fast. And even if you do treat it fast, like early on in the course, you're still looking at like a 50, 50 mortality. Mm. Um, so it's, that's as diseases go, that's still incredibly bad, but it, it's actually pretty uncommon. So, and then I don't have, I really have any expertise or knowledge about septicemic. It's even more oh. rare, um, but does still occur. So with, with all that said, so we've got tons of plague foci, uh, a decent number of people get bubonic plague every year. Um, and they get sick and some die and some are treated and sometimes they spread to others. Um, and some go on to develop pneumonic form or they directly get inoculated by an animal into the pneumonic form. Um, and they get sick and some die and some are treated and some pass it on. Um, and then septicemic's kind of in there. I'm not really sure how. Um, but with all that, like that just kind of, you know, in the back of your mind, you'd kind of expect it to be like a really like big deal. Um, like quicksand. Exactly. Yes. Growing up, I thought quicksand would be a much bigger deal than yeah. it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a lot like, it is a lot like quicksand. It's, it seems really scary. Um, you could learn a lot about it. You could learn strategies for preventing it, but really when you get right down to it, it's not as bad as it seems, which is terrible to say. So that's kind of one of the big mysteries of plague. Like if right now it's not as bad as it seems, and a, to give you another example, the third pandemic, which uh, we may talk about in a later episode of the podcast, the mortality overall was like 1%. Oh. Yeah. And that was, that granted. That's is, a lot. That's a lot. But. And it's also before antibiotics. I've, I've heard estimates up to 3%. So I should, I should clarify. There's a little wiggle room there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not that bad. Um, yeah from a big numbers looking back kind of perspective, right, but yeah. Right. And I guess I should clarify again. I didn't mortality is when you get the disease, who lives and who dies. It's death rate is 1% oh. compared to the black death, which we talked about being, you know, anywhere from literally 30% to 60% of people mm-hmm. in the entire population just died. Yeah. Um, it kind of begs the question, like, is that even the same disease? And that's kind of been, um, one of the big questions. So one of the, one of the first questions was, okay, th- these, like, even between the second pandemic and the third pandemic, there was a huge difference in death rates. Um, and in between even the second pandemic to now with where we have antibiotics, the, the plague seems basically so unimpressive that we're like, okay, was black death plague of Justinian, were they even like actual plague? Um, so, you know, people floated around the idea of maybe it was anthrax. Um, oh yeah, which I mean, possible, but unlikely evidence seems to sh- like 
I'll get to why it's the nail in the coffin of that theory, but evidence would show that it, it's more likely to be plagued. Anthrax doesn't really cause buboes. It can cause some swellings, some like tumors type mm-hmm. things. Um, and it can spread via the air. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also some theory that it was a hemorrhagic fever, like an Ebola-like illness that has since gone extinct that just existed during those times or existed for a while during human history then kind of died out, which is, again, it's a big claim, but possible. It seems convenient, though. It is. It is. It's, yeah, it's a little too convenient, honestly. So those were the theories. And then one way we kind of disproved that was we actually dug up the mass graves from each of these respective eras, um, you know, Plague of Justinian, Black Death, Third Pandemic, um, and we identified the DNA of Yersinia pestis, the organism that causes plague, in mm. the actual body. So we know we know that it was Yersinia pestis. Then the kind of um, the next question was, okay, well maybe it's a different strain of Yersinia pestis, and that was kind of the the prevalent theory for a number of decades in the middle of the 20th century. So the kind of nomenclature, the theory that was proposed was that there are three distinct um, biovars, which is basically like a subspecies um, or... Like biovariants? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, And that there were three distinct ones. um, Yersinia pestis antiqua, um, midivalis, um, and uh, Orientalis. Okay. So, so uh, you can probably guess where each one went. So old, medieval, and Oriental. Oriental. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the kind of new theory, and that has honestly held up until like relatively recently. Um, that um, you know, okay, well, here's three kind of different courses um, of the pandemic. Maybe it's three different strains, um, and the Orientalis is the one we we have now. Um, that held up for a while. Um, the Orientalis strain is definitely the most prevalent strain now, and basically all over the world. And it was the strain for sure in the um, third pandemic. Um, and for a while, everyone kind of just kind of nodded along with that theory that, okay, it was a different strain. It was medieval medievalis strain. Um, but then we look back and we started actually sequencing the DNA here. Um, and it turns out both... Well, for sure, the Black Death and possibly the Plague of Justine were also the Orientalis strain. Yeah. So the way you differentiate between Medievalis, Orientalis, Antiqua, and there's a couple other um, kind of other populations that have been thrown in there, um, like, oh, I forget, Pestioides, I think, was another one. Um, And then there's another one I can't think of off the top of my head. It'll be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. There you go. Um, And when you're looking at these three strains and the other ones, there's the difference is in the old system and I guess kind of the current system of how we classify bacteria. So you classify animals in species based on distinct, like, oh, this one has a different eye shape versus this one who has stripes on its fur. Um, And that's how you get different species. It's kind of a, it's, it's a human system imposed on nature that doesn't necessarily respect those rules. And it gets even harder when you start looking at bacteria, which may kind of all look the same. 
So an early um, way of doing this was gram stain, which is basically whether or not it has a cell wall. And it gets more and more complicated. So like the different strains of um, Yersinia pestis are, you know, which one ferments glycerol versus the others, which ones um, can fix nitrogen other than that. So that's that's how they divided that up. And they're, they're different in those ways. Um, but it turns out that that doesn't really correspond to basically its actual history. And when you want to look at the actual history, you can actually go back into the DNA and you can parse apart new mutations that cropped up and you can construct an incredibly detailed family tree. And when you do that, you find that, you know, the the whole like medievalis versus antiqua versus orientalis kind of, you know, zeitgeist doesn't really hold up. Um, so really what you're we're looking with is actually like eight distinct populations. Um, then the, then the next question is, okay, well of these populations, like is the one that caused the black death different than the one that, um, causes current plague, which make a lot of sense, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Turns out it's not, <laughs> it's also in the same population, even when you do that. So it's, it's kind of a weird question. This is the great mystery of plague. Why it doesn't seem to be that different. Why was it so deadly then? Mm. The other, so there's there's kind of, this is the, the current zeitgeist in most of the Western world. There's also a weird, so the Russians seem, are just fascinated with plague. Okay. Um, and part of that is because plague actually seems to be deadlier in like, you know, Russia, Kazakhstan, Mongolia than it is in the United States. Mm. Um, Part of that is probably difference in strains. Um, part of it is maybe just, you know, medical conditions. Um, and it's very hard to parse that out because a lot of basically the Russians, which are basically former Soviet scientists, are claiming isn't really backed up by evidence because much of it's secret. Okay. And because partly they didn't really bother to do the evidence. Oh, okay. So... The Russia, and I'll just say Soviet, the, the Soviet way of classifying these organisms is by host animal. So there's rat plague, there's like civet plague, there's like meerkat plague, there's marmot plague. Marmot plague, for whatever reason, has a really high probability of going pneumonic. Is that because they've, like, co-evolved in such a way that allowed that? Yeah. Actually, probably. Um, I, I, on it, and this is where it gets really frustrating, I can't find, you know, any backing of that mm-hmm. in my brief search of the literature. Um, but from what these Soviet scientists claim, marmots basically can have pneumonic spread between marmots. Ooh. Yeah. And we, we know for sure that marmots are reservoirs for plague. We know that for sure. There was, there was a case in 2019 of someone eating a marmot and getting pneumonic plague. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, like, it's definitely still around. Um, but it just hasn't been that bad when it happens. I mean, it's bad for the people who get it, but it doesn't really spread that much. That's probably like because we, can, we have better biocontainment, though, right? Potentially. And there was all, but at the same time, there you look at um, American cases of even pneumonic plague. There was a case in like relatively recently, last you know, 
within our lifetimes, I think, um, of a veterinarian who was either doing an autopsy or taking care of a gerbil or some rodent um, and got, and the, the rodent had plague and the veterinarian got the pneumonic form and she like basically didn't know for a while, thought she was a little sick, um, went and like took her kids to daycare and was around the daycare a lot and went like he was around lots of family members and had young, you know, kind of rather sickly kids at home and no one got sick. She didn't spread it to anyone and she recovered. Really? And that was, that's like, it's for sure pneumonic plague. It's just not, for whatever reason, not as bad. Again, hmm. mystery of plague. I was prepared for it, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. As you would kind of expect from reading yeah. about the history. So, um, the, Rus- the Russian idea, the Soviet idea, I should say, was that, well, it's this prairie dog plague or it's, you know, whatever she got it from plague. It's not that bad of a strain. It's marmot plague is the one you really need to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's like a, kind of a logical appeal to that. It just hasn't really borne out in evidence that I can see. So like you said, probably the biggest difference is in sanitation. There was like basically the the reason the third pandemic wasn't as bad as the other ones was because you had people like, you know, Alexandra Yersin working on it. But there were many people who like discovered that, okay, this is a bacteria. Let's try and make an anti serum, which they could do then, which what is not antibiotics, but it's you basically get serum, convalescent serum of horses and inject it to like have antibodies. Okay. They used to do that for lots of diseases, and it works. Kind of like a vaccine. It works. It's it, yeah. It's it is. It's a poor man's vaccine. Is what it is. Um, and they they did this, and they knew about sanitation during this time. They also figured out it was transmitted by fleas, so they could do that. They also had access to like rat poisons and insecticides, and so once they figured this out that it was a caused by rats, b spread by fleas, they could basically act on it immediately, and it was like really well-funded public health were relatively well-funded public health programs it was like part of the british empire that was dealing with it it was you know americans in america um so it was like and the chinese state um so it was like it was a it was a coordinated response and largely a science-based one Mm. so that's kind of one of the arguments that the um third pandemic wasn't as bad and why current pandemics aren't as bad and why the black death was particularly bad so yeah, that is that is the big mystery of plague. If it was if it's if it was so bad then, why is it just not as bad now? Hmm. Um, I don't know the answer. Well, neither do I. I said I was going to speculate, but I can't. Yeah, I think you 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 kind of probably hit the nail on the head. I think a big part of it was, um, you know, living conditions at the time, probably. lack of any kind of knowledge of basically medicine probably quality of life too sure yeah people actually were starving during the 14th century there was a huge there was huge famines was so the, that's part of it was the black death worse than plague of justinian yes that might have been because it was in the byzantine empire versus yeah in feudal europe wherever it was it definitely could be yeah um, the other thing is the plague of Justinian, for whatever reason, had a higher percentage of being bubonic versus pneumonic, mm-hmm. whereas the Black Death was a really high, weirdly high percentage pneumonic. Hmm. 
That's not really what you see, though. I thought it was higher bubonic. Um, it well, it's probably more bubonic, like more of it is bubonic. That's but, a sexier plague. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's what you think of when you think of plague, but yeah. it's not as contagious and it's not as deadly. Whereas pneumonic, you get the descriptions of people coughing up blood and mm. stuff like that and spreading from person to person. Mm. Another mystery, fleas, you know, going through their life cycle where they get blocked, which is, we talked about in the Plague of Justinian episode, being kind of the classic way the plague's transmitted. Mm. You know, the flea, flea gets blocked up with blood and bacteria and then vomits back out the bacterium. Um, that actually takes a couple days really? to happen. And they die soon afterwards. And they don't live long outside of their rat hosts. Hmm. So it, it's kind of weird how it spread that far. There's a potential theory that it can also be spread by Pulex irritans, which is the human, like, lice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Or human flea. Um, I guess we probably cared more about hygiene in the Byzantine Empire and then more modern. Quite possibly. Because, right? I possibly. mean, when you go outside, the first thing you do when you come in is check for fleas and ticks. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So that, I mean, that definitely could be it. So that's that's the big mystery of plague. You've been listening to The Plague Cast. If you like this episode, be sure to check out one of our others on your podcast platform of choice. And in the meantime, stay safe out there and wash your hands.